Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for listening in. I'm taking up the topic again in defense of William Branham. This is part eight, and I will be looking at the charge of plagiarism. I want to remind everyone that if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, you can contact me at jasondemars.com. We also have free resources on our website that you can order and that I will mail to you. They are completely free. Shipping is free as well. It also gives you the opportunity to uh, support our ministry as you make one of those orders to help cover costs. If the Lord would lay that on your heart, if not, it is not an obligation. It's not necessary for you to do that. So with that said, let's get right into our topic. If you're listening in, uh, please send your greetings. Um, I would... I'm going to greet a few people now, Brother Kenny and Sister Janelle, good morning and God bless you, Sister Chantel, God bless you, Sister Sarah, God bless you also, thank you so much to all of you for listening in, and so the the charge that comes and it, uh, from from many different directions is that Brother Branham committed plagiarism in the Church Ages book um, by what, what he put in there being so similar to what Clarence Larkin did. Headings are similar. Um, things that he said uh, in certain headings are very similar. Okay, So I want you to understand first, when you look at this, Brother Branham does not claim um, he, he doesn't claim everything that he received that he preached was from uh, divine inspiration. In other words, this came directly from God without any involvement of study and research. So and, and we'll look at that, Brother Branham over and over again refers to reading historians, reading histories. Now, Brother Branham was not a scholar. He didn't even have a high school education, let alone a college education. I, I had a college education. They teach you in college. This is how you uh, set up your footnotes and your references and so forth. Brother Branham had no, no schooling, no teaching on how to refer to things. But I want to show you, he clearly refers to the histories that he's looking at, and he's not trying to hide anything as though he's plagiarizing, and we'll look, we'll look further at this. Um, Brother Branham, in the Revelation of Jesus Christ, says, and I would not under, undertake, there's some problems, it looks like, with this section, it must be from the tape, because... As you look at it, it says blank spot on tape, blank spot on tape. I would not undertake, or did I think myself, undertake to this great book of Revelation of seven church ages, but I'm depending solemnly upon God for reveal it to me just as I come to it. The natural history, which is the, of the, taken from the most outstanding historians that I know of, I have laying in my study room right now about five or six commentaries, Hislop's Two Babylons, Fox's Book of Martyrs, and other great books like 
the pre-Nicene Council, about four books on that, about 400 pages in each book. All right. Uh, paragraph 69 in the Church Ages, Revelation of Jesus Christ. Historians agree this is John's life. All right. Ephesians Church Age, 1960, says, Take the same histories I do or anybody, any history just let, lets it know that all histories agree the same. The, them historians have nothing to do with any side. They're just interested in stating facts. What happened? Ephesians Church Age, again, God chooses us from the foundation of the world. Did you know, did you know that? Wait till we get to reading these historians. Revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's such a marvelous thing as I've been studying the histories to find out how that church began and how it pulled off and what taken place and to see that little seed of God move through every one of those ages completely go out nearly in one place. Revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, as I've said before, now in this we're going to try to give a little breakdown now of the book according to the histories and so forth. And each time when you see me referring to pages that I've written here, it's stuff that I've taken from commentaries and so forth. I have in front of me. This is Clarence Larkin's, the book of Revelation. It's his commentary on it. Brother Branham had a copy of it too. This is the Seven Church Ages book. Look at the difference. They're about the same size or s similar size, the Church Ages book is a little bit bigger than Larkin's, and Larkin's is on the whole book of Revelation, and Brother Branham's is on the first couple chapters of Revelation. So, number one, you can see there's a great, great, great difference there between those two. Um, so again, now I've got the histories and things wrote down. He's praying, Lord, I, I don't know what to say to these people. Now, I've got the histories. This is from the Thyatian Church Age. I've got the histories and things wrote down of what you did, but it takes you to interpret the future, so I pray that you'll grant it through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Again, in the Thyatian Church Age, he says, I've been days and days now, those histories, dig them into all I can find everywhere, and it's that flame of Pentecost that stayed alive from Pentecost down to this time. Yes, yes, sir, been pushed out. So over and over, Brother Branham is referring to the fact that he's reading histories and historians, and you'll find out later, he doesn't, he refers to several specific, Fox's Book of Martyrs, Hislop's Two Babylons, uh, Nicene and pre-Nicene Fathers. And now in Several years later, four years later, Brother Branham in the Feast of the Trumpet says, I had my own idea, as every minister does, of reading maybe what other men had said and believing as much as possible with them of the things that they had drawn up, their conclusion. I had read the book of Mr. Smith, Uriah Smith, which is the Adventist teacher, and I had read his thoughts on it, and I had read Mr. Larkin. I had read, oh, so many different ones of their commentaries on this, but somehow or another, I thought I had a little view of it myself that might be of places different, but trying one time, just speaking three subjects, the first of the four subjects of the four, four horse riders, I preached on it four nights, one on the one horse and the other. Again, so Brother Branham specifically referring to the seven seals in this instance, but you can see that Brother Branham's approach is similar with the church ages, 
with the seals. He did, did that both the same. There's a few more people that have gotten on. Just want to send my greetings. Sister Rhonda, God bless you. Brother Tony from Madawaska, God bless you. Uh, Sister Jean, good morning and God bless you. Uh, Brother Aaron, good morning, buddy. God bless you. All right, so looking at this again, uh, before we go into the, the seals and talk about that, so again, there's headings that are similar, sections which are similar, but that's normal. This, they're, they're talking about the same Bible. So of course the headings and the sections are going to be similar. But the, the, the similarities are, are quite small. Um, look at what Larkin. Larkin is writing around 1920, I think Schofield around 1907. So Larkin is building on Schofield. Schofield is building on other dispensationalist writers. So they're each taking something, gleaning from other people, and then f taking those things a little bit further, a little bit deeper. But look at Larkin writes, chapters 2 and 3 must be a description of prophet prophetic outline of the spiritual history of the church from the time when John wrote the book in AD 96 down to the taking out of the church or else we have no prophetic view of the church during that period for she disappears from the earth at the close of chapter 3 and is not seen again until she reappears with her Lord in chapter 19. Schofield says, The messages to the seven churches have a fourfold application. The fourth is prophetic, as disclosing the seven phases of the spiritual history of the church from, say, A.D. 96 to the end. It is incredible that in a prophecy covering the church period there should be no such foreview. These messages must contain that foreview if it is in the book at all. For the church does not appear after chapter 3, verse 22. This is precisely how scholarship works. You glean from others and, and prayerfully insert some of your own discoveries. Now, if you read through Larkin's commentary on the seven church ages, there's many similarities, but there's also many distinctions. It's not plagiarism. But let's look at it this way. Larkin never spoke about the Nicene Council and its relationship to the church ages and how false it was. Or relating, he never related it back to the power of God was slowly leaving the church in supernatural signs and wonders. He never related it back to that. He never looked at it as the power of Pentecost moving forward and the Nicolaitan combating that, and he, he didn't do that. See, these were things that were distinctive to Brother Branham's revelation and understanding of these things. Larkin didn't speak about the oneness of the Godhead and why the Trinity is false and based on paganism. He didn't speak on the fact that the name of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Larkin didn't speak on the... He, he speak, spoke on the names of the meaning of Philadelphia... But he didn't speak on the name, meaning of the names of each city in Greek and how it related back to the condition of the age. He didn't talk about Laodicea being people's rights. He didn't go into every detail and apply it. You know, Laodicea was uh, just beginning when Larkin wrote his um, commentary. 
Brother Branham is there uh, 60 years into it, 50, 60 years into it. He is, he is speaking about, you see, this is this condition, this is this condition, we can see it there. He didn't ever identify, Larkin never identified the need to flee spiritual Babylon, which consisted of Catholic and Protestant denominations. He didn't bring those things out. Yes, Brother Branham did stand on the shoulders of those that revealed truth in ages past. His purpose was to gather the loose ends which had already been revealed to fill in the gaps properly and bring that to the church. Again, this con- people have the concept that Brother Branham went and met the angel of the Lord and he brought to him these, every detail of the revelation. That's not how the Lord worked with him. Brother Branham studied, looked, referred to things, looked at it, and then the angel of the Lord came, came to him and f- corrected things and filled in the gaps. So let's look at this. When I say fill in the gaps, I'm looking at as he's finishing the mystery. Brother Branham in the third seal says, why didn't these other men, Wesley, Luther, and these great reformers who brought out justification, sanctification, the Pentecostal age with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and things, why didn't they catch these messages? Why didn't they get them? Because they were reformers. See, just like, take it on the other side, there was people coming who was, had power of kings but wasn't kings. See, see, you have to notice the Bible terminology of many things. Now watch, but this is the reason that all the straying ends of the mysterious part of about justification, mysterious part of sanctification, mysterious part of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And why did, what kind did, what did Eve eat an apple or did she eat a pomegranate or something? See, did, what was the serpent seed? And is the baptism in the name of Father, Son, or Holy Ghost or the name of the Lord Jesus, right? Oh, hundreds of things has been left loose-ended, see? And in the last hour, this fellow is to come on and reveal the things, see? Take up the scriptures. It'll be properly identified. Look, yes, sir, and now it won't be great. Big thing now. Looks like here in the Bible it would be something big. And then is this the sign of the end, sirs? Brother Branham says, now watch, there's a lot of truth lost out there. Why? Where others compromised on truth, but the seventh angel don't compromise on nothing. He gathers up all the loose ends, gathers them up, and at his sounding, all the mystery of God should be finished. Oh, God, send him all of the hidden mysteries was finished when he it was revealed to him. So he's taking truth revealed in other age, and by the Spirit of God and the correction from the angel of the Lord, bringing the message to us, which is a restoration back of the original faith. So when Brother Branham takes a little bit of Schofield, a little bit of Larkin, a little bit of Smith, and he brings it together and says, this is the truth of the picture. He fills in, then he fills in those gaps and brings the truth to the bride. Um, It's not, again, it's not plagiarism. He's referring to histories and commentaries that he read. No, he... He is a prophet. He's not a scholar. He's not going in and saying, well, I got this from 
here from this page and this paragraph of this thing, and I got this from this part and this page here. He simply said, I was reading commentaries and histories, and the Lord dealt with me, and this is what the truth of these things are. Why? Because he's taking those loose ends laying out there in history and bringing it to the bride. Now, let's look at the seals. They also say, detractors of the message say, look, Brother Bannon plagiarized the seals. It's complete nonsense. So, Larkin speaks on the purpose of the sealed book, and it is similar to what Brother Branham saw, uh, said. Larkin refers to it as a book of redemption. He refers to it as a title deed. He um, says, what is this seven-sealed book? Writing to the Ephesians, Paul said, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Then there is a possession that is to be redeemed. Paul, and he continues on. And he said, to become a kinsman, he had to be born into the human race. This the virgin birth accomplished. Jesus paid the redemptive price, which was his own blood on the cross, but he has not yet claimed that which he has purchased. When the time comes for the redemption of the purchased possession, Jesus will do so. That time and the act is described in the scripture we are now considering. The seven-sealed book is the title deed to the redeemed inheritance. Continuing on, a man under in uh, John wept because he knew what the book was, and that if there was no one to open the book of redemption, that all hope of the redemption of the earth and of man was gone. All right, so you can see clearly, Brother Branham taught similar to that. Not precisely the same, and his timing of it is different. Larkin puts the seals during the 70th week of Daniel. And Brother Branham has them spread out through the church age dispensation. Larkin gives no significance to the beasts that say, come and see, whereas Brother Branham applies them to how the Holy Spirit combated the Antichrist spirit to the t during the time of those writers. So let's look at the first seal. Larkin states it's the leader of the revived Roman Empire. Brother Branham puts it as the Antichrist spirit working through the Nicolaitan movement in the early church. Second seal, Larkin says, it's the Antichrist making war. Branham says it's the Romish, Roman church working in tandem with the Roman emperors to kill heretics. The third seal, Larkin says, this is a time of a famine in the tribulation period. And Brother Branham says it's the Roman church selling indulgences during the Dark Ages. For seal, Larkin says it speaks of the death and destruction during the tribulation period. Brother Branham says it's the ecumenical spirit bringing spiritual death and persecution during the Laodicean and tribulation ages. Fifth seal, Larkin says this is Christian martyrs. Brother Branham says it's Jewish martyrs. Sixth seal is the day of the Lord for Larkin. And for Brother Branham, it's the wrath of God poured out through the ministry of the two witnesses. Seventh seal for Larkin is the seven trumpets, and for Brother Branham, it's Revelation 10. So it's quite obvious the two of them had very different teachings regarding the seven seals. Any honest person would make this conclusion. The other part that I failed to mention regarding the church ages, Larkin says nothing about messengers to each age. Brother Branham shows the timing of, 
uh, of the ages as the same, but he but uh, as Larkin, but he never shows. Larkin does not show the messengers. Brother Branham shows the messengers. So, you know, all, all in all, if you look at it, the charge of plagiarism is absurd. Brother Branham refers to histories and commentaries that he's read. I think that's clear is what he's meaning. He's, he's saying, I'm learning and gleaning from other people. Um, if you read his sermons, he's not directly taking things from everything from Larkin. There's many distinctives in, in both the church ages, but especially in the seals. Um, their understanding of the seals is very different. Church ages is similar, but Brother Branham fills in gaps, and his focus throughout that teaching is quite, quite different than Larkin. Um, so with that said, if there's any other topics or subjects you would like for me to cover in defense of Brother Branham, to answer any questions for you, I'd be glad to study that out prayerfully and do that. Um, if you have any questions about what I've talked about today, or prayer requests or testimonies, please let me know. You can contact me at jasondemars.com. May the Lord richly bless you.